everyone. Welcome down to the Homebrew Leadership Podcast. It's great to have you here. I'm Richard. Today we're joined by Sunny Hill Teaching Pastor Phil Coleman, who did an amazing session with our staff. And actually beyond that, it was some of the um, uh, people who joined our Leadership Academy on really diving into the heart of a leader. And today we're going to be spending a few moments just thinking through the heart of a leader and why this is so important. But Phil, before we get into the session, if there's one thing you want people to walk away with, what would it be? I think uh, there's a writer, I think it's Ken Blanchard, he says that um, your heart is the most powerful leadership tool you have. Um, And just to get an awareness of the truth of that, because I believe that to be true, uh, realising that as leaders, our heart is the most powerful tool we have, and therefore we need to pay careful attention to our hearts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... If our hearts are the most powerful leadership tool we have, why do you think in reality it is that and not, let's say, maybe just good leadership skill? Why is the heart so much more important? Well, I think Jesus said, from the heart flow the issues of life. Yeah. This sense that it's, it, it's out of the heart that everything else emanates from. And so all of our leadership talk, skill, wisdom, thinking, strategy, if it's not coming from a heart of integrity and faithfulness, there's going to be a limit to its power and effectiveness um, in any leadership context, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was really, really challenging because even thinking about character in the life of a leader, it would seem even character emanates from the heart. Yeah. So even over and above character is making sure that the leadership heart yeah, yeah. is absolutely well, right. Heart, well, your heart is where character is formed, isn't yeah. it? Your character yeah. flows out of yeah your heart it's kind of a difficult thing to understand but yeah that's cool so in the session you looked at two leaders from the bible and ran a comparison and i'm just going to want to give you space to start to unpack it because i thought that what you did and how you compared these two leaders was a great thing so take it away yeah okay so we looked at the um the first two kings of israel um we had king saul who was the first king and um, if you read the story, it's in sort of 1 and 2 Samuel. Um, Saul started quite well, but actually ended badly. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. started as a, quite a hope-filled leader. I mean, he had high hopes for him at the beginning. But truthfully, his story is a sad one. It's a tragic one. It turns out he was a terrible leader. Um, and then the second king of Israel was David. Uh, and David really was the greatest leader Israel's ever had. Obviously, apart from Jesus, he was the greatest king, the greatest leader that Israel's ever had. And what I think is really interesting is that these two leaders come side by side in the scriptural narrative. In fact, they overlap and intermingle. Uh, And I don't think that's a mistake at all on God's part. I think it's intentional that these two leaders come side by side because God wants to give a clear picture of what it looks like to lead when you've got a heart after God's heart, which the Bible says about David. David was a man after God's own heart, it says in Acts chapter 13. Uh, What it looks like to lead when you've got a heart that's going after God, and what it looks like to lead when you've got a heart that is only interested about yourself. And I think these two characters illustrate that perfectly for us. I think Saul was a man who was only interested in himself, only interested in what he could get out of his position and his leadership, whereas David was a man who was interested in uh, concerned about what God wanted and, and, and David's legacy ripples out into eternity, yeah. even now. I mean, his legacy of leadership is rippling out 
even into our lives. Yeah. Uh, whereas Saul's legacy didn't last any longer than his own his own lifetime. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting how those two characters are side by side, and it's a really fruitful, helpful, interesting, exciting study just to take some time. Yeah. And to read these one and two Samuel, and to look at the these two leaders, uh, and look at the different way they respond to different situations. Yeah. And how that plays out in their leadership and the effect it has on the nation. Uh, and when you compare them, what do you see as the main differences in terms of heart outworking between these two leaders? Um, well, in the session, I picked up on two main points. There were lots. I yeah. think lots that I probably haven't even noticed yet. I think if you read the story, you, you'll be able to to discover more differences between them. But the two main ones that I picked up, and I think are probably the clearest um, between Saul and David was, um, how did I phrase it, I said, David, who had a heart after God's own heart, it expressed itself in that he loved God more than people, yeah. or cared more about what God thought more than what people thought, yeah. um, firstly. And then secondly, um, David loved people more than himself. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what was really impressive about David's leadership, and completely different to Saul. I think Saul, if you read the story, cares more about himself than he does about God, yeah. um, and loves himself more than he actually yeah. loves the people. And yeah. I think you see that on a number of occasions um, as you read through the stories of yeah. these two leaders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, during the session, Phil made the statement, he said that when he looks at the difference between David and Saul, it wasn't their ability, it wasn't their call, it wasn't even their anointing but rather it was the heart yeah. that made the difference. And in your own leadership, what do you think has been the most important action you've done to keep your heart in check? Yes, good question. Um, honestly, I think, it's, I think it's just about bringing your heart before God regularly, daily. Bringing your heart before God and being open with God. And saying, God, I want you to search. I mean, this is great prayer at the end of one of David's psalms, actually. Um, and actually, that's one of the main differences between David and Saul, if you read through the Bible. I think there's only, I might be wrong, but I think there's only two occasions in the whole narrative of Saul's leadership where we witness him praying, wow. speaking to God, I think. Wow. And on one of those occasions, he's just asking God to get him out of trouble. Yeah. I might be wrong, so you go away and read it yourself. Whereas David, we've got the whole book of Psalms. This was yeah. a man of prayer. This was a man of worship. Uh, but back to the original question. Um, it's a great Psalm. Psalm 139, which is well known about God. You know me. You know me. You made me. You know my inner parts, etc., etc. But then towards the end of the Psalm, verse 23 and 24, he prays this prayer uh, where he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is... No, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It seems to me that David was a man who wasn't overly confident in the integrity of his own heart. So he had to keep coming back to God and saying, God, you need to search my heart. And if there's anything offensive in it, show it to me and then lead me in the way everlasting. I think there's a great prayer as well. Um, I think it's 1 Kings 8 at the dedication of the temple, Solomon's temple this is. And Solomon prays this prayer. And there's this one line in the middle of this prayer which I've always 
found is really helpful to be aware of and to know. He says, Solomon says, you alone, Lord, know the heart of all people. Yeah. And I just think there's this sense in which I can't even be entirely sure of yeah. the condition of my heart. Only God truly knows the condition of my yeah. heart. I know it perhaps better than you do. I know it perhaps yeah. better than others. But I don't know my own heart better than God does. And so I think being aware of that leads us daily to come to God and say, God, I want you to search my heart. If there's anything there offensive, show it to me and then give me the strength by your spirit to put it to death. Yeah. And, and you know, David's other prayer, creating me a pure heart, oh God. Psalm yeah. 51, you know. Yeah. This, is, this is what we see in David. He's a man who's coming before God time after time after time and saying, God, I want you to shape and form my heart. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we can't do it ourselves. Yeah. We, can, we can manage our own behaviour. Yeah. We can give the impression yeah. of purity and holiness. Yeah. We can fake it to a certain extent. Yeah. But we do not have the power, ultimately, I think there are things we can do to cultivate our hearts, but we don't have the power ultimately to change our own hearts. Only yeah. God has the power to do that. Yeah. And so leaders, come before God day by day. Bring your heart before God and say, God, you shape, create in me a pure heart. Yeah. Create in me a pure heart. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's so challenging because it would seem like within the realm of Christian leadership, busyness, getting things done, ticking off our task lists, achieving what mm. we need to achieve mm. has kind of taken all of the space yeah. up for personal devotion. Yeah, it does. And we, we tag it on at the yeah. back end of a day or at the front end of a day thinking, it does. I just got to get this 15 minutes of personal devotion and move on. Yeah. And actually yeah. to cultivate your heart yeah. would seem to be points of self-reflection, coming before God, yeah. feeding well into the scripture and reading the Bible and letting it yeah. really expose what's there. You said something yesterday in a different discussion we had, um, I think it was around discipleship, and you said we're spending all our time um, equipping people or learning to be equipped, and we're not spending enough time being deepened. Yeah. And I think that's right. I think we focus a lot, and rightly so, yeah. on leadership skill, uh, Leadership wisdom, you know, leadership yeah. science. I think all that stuff's so helpful and important, yeah. you know. Uh, but unless we're driving down yeah. deep, there's a limit to the effectiveness yeah. of yeah. that stuff. You know? So good. Yeah. So, two greatest lessons you've learned from these two leaders that you think, if you looked at everyone and you said, man, these two things, really, you've got to get a handle on it, what would it be? Well, like we've already mentioned, I think David was a man of prayer and yeah. worship. Um, even before he was called into leadership, yeah. we had this picture of David, you know, shepherding sheep on his own in the hills, but writing worship songs as well. You know, yeah. Psalm 19, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim. Well, I can just see David writing that. He's out shepherding the sheep at night, he's looking up at sky, and his heart and his soul is stirred to worship, yeah. you know. David was a worshipper. He was a man of prayer. We've got the book of Psalms, a man of raw, honest prayer as well at yeah. times, which I think is a really healthy thing. Yeah. You know, he doesn't hide his emotions, David. He comes before God, he says, God, this is it. Why are you, why are you doing this to me, you know? But he was a man of prayer, he was a man of worship. Saul wasn't, Saul wasn't at all. Um, David was a man of humility as well, great humility. Yeah. Um, he wasn't a perfect leader. In fact, he screwed up big time. Yeah. He screwed up big time with Bathsheba. But what's really impressive 
and this is one of the key differences between him and Saul, is that when David screwed up, messed up big time, he didn't pass the buck, yeah. he didn't try and hide his sin, he didn't try and explain it away, he didn't try and cover it up. You, you, you read the story, he owns it. Yeah. He's confronted with his sin, he owns it, he gets down on his face, fasting and weeping for seven days, just broken before God. Um, and I think that's so important for leaders to understand, well, for all Christians, but especially leaders, yeah. is that I don't think God's looking for perfection, right? Yeah. And in fact, I don't think our people are looking for perfection. Yeah. Um, but God is looking for humility. Yeah. Wow. So when we stuff up, let's not try and cover it over. Yeah. Let's not try and explain it away. Just yeah. own it. Just yeah. own it and say, yeah, I screwed up big yeah. time. And David did that with his sin, with Bathsheba, he owned it, he accepted responsibility for it, accepted the consequences. But then you read the story of Saul and the time when he messed up, which he, it wasn't nowhere near as bad as the way David messed yeah. up. <laughs> um, he just tries to blag himself out of, yeah. out of it, you know. Um, and so that's, mm. that's uh, yeah, so David's a man of prayer. He's a man of great humility. Yeah. And I think there's two key characteristics for leaders. Yeah. Uh, it was such a challenging session. And I would encourage you to go in your own time and spend some time looking at the life of these two men yeah. side by side, sure. just like Phil did. Um, it is deeply challenging for all Christian leaders. But I think one of the biggest things I'd love to push out as the takeaway challenge is there is nothing more important for a Christian leader than personal devotion. Yeah, Spending time on self-reflection, getting into the Bible, praying, and just coming before God and laying yourself bare. Uh, it was one of kind of the big challenges coming out that all of the rest of the leadership stuff, the science, the character, the vision, whatever else that drives leaders to do what they do, if you don't get this one aspect right, yeah, absolutely. actually what happens is the rest will end up falling down yeah. at some point. Uh, I hope you found that session challenging. It was deeply challenging for us as a staff and for myself hearing it twice. So it could be God trying to say something quite specific to me. Who knows? But <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. But other than that, we hope you have a great rest of the day. As always, if you are around, why not pop down to Sunny Hill and come and join us on Sunday. If you aren't, we hope you found this really helpful. Thank you, Phil. It was really, really great kind of having you just sharing your heart about the heart of a leader. Have a great rest of the day.